Welcome to This Enduring Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Stephen Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi to the Ewok TV movies, the 80s cartoon, and beyond. And today, as promised, it's a beyond, baby. Beyond, yes, this is, I love it when we go to beyond. I agree, I agree. So today, we are discussing the original graphic novel, Star Wars Ewoks, Shadows of Endor, which was released by Dark Horse Comics in October of 2013. It's been around a while. It has been, yeah. This was written and illustrated by Zach Gialongo, who's got some other works, including the graphic novel Broxo, Star Wars Doodles, as well as illustrating on titles like the Stratford Zoo Midnight Review, Adventure Time, and Tricky Rabbit Tales. Hmm... Uh, this was uh, this was pretty unique, Steve. I've got to say, uh, yeah. it's such a weird ask. I think to like, like who's <laughs> asking for this? Like, I feel like this was made just for you and me, <sighs> because what this is is an attempt to take the Ewoks as represented in Return of the Jedi, Caravan of Courage, Battle for Endor, Battle for Endor, and the cartoons. Yeah. It somehow like synthesize all of those wildly different takes into one narrative that leads us into Return of the Jedi. Yes. Which is I, like, I, I I appreciate it. I appreciate it for our yeah. purposes, but I have to ask the question, why? It, well, yeah, because it's, there's so many little, sn- Gilongo does so well at doing these little little snippets and yes. adding characters and or getting the colorization right. You know, like, he, he just, he did such a good job on this. It, this is not for somebody like, you know, walking through like, oh, I kind of like Star Wars. Maybe I'll read a comic. No, this is for somebody yeah. who's like deep into the lore. Like, I, uh, the Ewok lore. The Ewok lore. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the most obscure lore possible. Yeah. This really is for somebody to understand it really well. They have to be as deep as we are. It's true. It. It's and true. You're not going to get much deeper than that. That's for so, sure. My friend yeah. Amanda, who uh, we work together at the library, and she's a, she's a big Star Wars fan. And we have this in the library collection. And so she also read this, and she was just like, what was that? Because she doesn't know. All she knows about the Ewoks is Return of the Jedi, and she just, like, could not understand what this was all about. She's like, they have, like, relationships and, like, girlfriends. (laughs) The kids are doing stuff. (laughs) So it's just so confusing for somebody who doesn't know the Ewoks. I don't know. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm just baffled by it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that's so funny. The fact that they're... Why are the kids doing this? Yeah. Like, what the, I mean, I, I don't want to give away my Oak of Arc moment. Yeah. That's, you know, like... Yep. It, uh, well, it, it is funny. I'm I love it when somebody on the outside comes in. And yeah. we give them a little... We just give them a little... Little yep. peep of what we're doing. Just a slice <laughs> of life. Okay. It's like we just throw them way off. Yep. You know, they don't yep. know what to do with themselves now. Yep. All right, let's dive into it. Let's go. Let's go into the uber detailed plot of Star Wars Ewoks Shadow of Endor. Once again, it is revealed just how savage the forest moon of Endor can be when Wicket and the gang stumble upon a wounded Duloc who claims the Skull Ones destroyed his camp and imprisoned his people and by doing so awakened the Griag. I don't know how to say this. We don't have an audio. I don't know. (laughs) Chief Chirpa doesn't believe the scrawny Duloc, but that night, Nisa, with the help of Wicket, released the Duloc on the condition he proves to them he isn't lying by leading them to see the Skull Ones. The the Duloc who got his freaking arm cut off, yes. I might add, yowza. Yep. 
Yeah, I saw that. I, I had to go through it a couple of times to just see the pictures. And I had read this before. <laughs> the funny thing is I read it before and I thought, who are the skull ones? Yeah. <laughs> and when I came on, I was like, oh, you idiot. <laughs> You're right. I know. <laughs> Duh, I know. Now I remember. Yeah. But anyway, so oh, that will be revealed. Yes. Meanwhile, Logre and Paplu travel to seek counsel from Cheryl. Cheryl, we, we did this last time. We've talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> Battle of Endor. We couldn't decide. Every, every character in Wikipedia or every fan base yeah. has a pronunciation except for Cheryl. this character. I don't think Cheryl. they were consistent in Battle for Endor. I don't even know if they said the name out loud. You know, they didn't. No, they called yeah. it. The, the leader called her a witch. Yeah. Anyway, Take a witch. You I witch. know who yeah. you mean. I know who you yeah, mean. Cheryl, a well-known witch of Dathomir. Nice. After lending some advice, Cheryl attempts to steal the Sunstar from Logre, nearly, nearly succeeding, but fails, thanks to Paplu. This proves the Ewoks are alone in fighting enemies on three fronts. A witch, the Skull Ones, and the Griag. Wicket, Nisa, and the Duloc, now with the help of Tebow and Latara, stumble upon the Skull Ones, who happen to be none other than Stormtroopers. And that didn't occur to me until now that they do kind of look like skulls. They right? do, I know. Yeah, I didn't get it either. Yeah. So, the em so the Empire is already in the midst of constructing the shield generator for the second Death Star and are clearing away additional forest. The group makes plans to free the imprisoned Dulocs while Nisa plans to free Zrani, a Wisty the injured Duloc uses as a light source in his cave hideout. Nice, the nice to see. Nice to see the Wisties come back. I know they're they're back. I mean, it's here. It's chock full. Of, it is. It really of, is. Uh, fan favorites and fan service. Freeing the Wistie causes a fight to break out between the Ewoks and the Duloc. The noise they make awakens the Griog and it attacks them, causing them to flee out of the cave and into the forest. Meanwhile. On their way back to the village, Logre and Paplu run into a group of stormtroopers transporting a group of chained Dulocs. Before anyone can blink, Wicket and the gang spring out and attack the troopers. They manage to release the prisoners, but the tiny battle grows fierce when the mighty Griag emerges from the ground, attacking all in its path. The Griag is no match for the Ewoks, troopers, and Dulocs to manage, but all is not lost when Logre, with the help of Zrani, uses the Sunstar to vaporize the Griag. Back at the village, Tebow is commended for his bravery in battle and is given the Horn of, so of the Soul Trees and is named a Warrior of the Tribe. Chief Chirpa acknowledges that even though the Sunstar is gone and the invaders still loom, they do have each other and trust that the Golden One will answer their prayers. Eight months later, Wicket, escaping some Skull Ones in the woods, stumbles upon and pokes with his spear a very unsuspecting character. Mm -hmm. The end. I like that little epilogue there. Yeah. Well, for one, we're always trying to figure out where the Ewoks come, like fall into the Star Wars timeline. Yeah. This graphic novel is making a case that all was prelude to Return of the Jedi. So that's yeah. kind of interesting. I feel like just as a graphic novel, it's pretty successful. I mean, I think... Yeah, I think it's confusing a little bit if you only know the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi. But I think yes. even I think even with that though, if you're if you're reading these characters for the first time, I think there's enough context here to just kind of accept. Okay, so these are their names and this is what they do. You know, I think it's pretty successful for what yeah. it's, what it's going for. 
Well, I, I thought it would be a little bit weird if you're reading it for the first time and you were just a Return of the Jedi that there's a humanoid witch in it, right? Like the you watch go true. see a humanoid witch, but I can't say that that Cheryl sticks out, right? Because she really doesn't. No, it's know? true. You know. Now here's what here's what I'm what I'm wondering too. I don't think in Battle for Endor that she's ever specifically said to be a night sister from Dathomir, is she? No, that is in I that I had to look that up. Yeah, right. He called her a witch a bunch of times, which yeah. made me like, oh, I wonder. And I think I just looked up her character to see yeah. if she was in anything else, and that's when I, it was revealed to me. I was like, oh, she's well, a yeah, witch of Dathomir. No so way. So that's that's another thing that the graphic novel yeah. does. Then it also kind of serves mm-hmm. to tie into like the greater Star Wars lore of like the books and comics to say, oh, it absolutely does. To say yeah. this character that you've seen, if you've seen Battle for Endor. Uh, also is connected to other characters such as Darth Maul. It, uh, I'm, I'm very impressed by the way uh, Zach Gialongo was able to take mm-hmm. all of these different, not only just the different representations of the Ewoks, but cherry pick these little things from the greater like Star Wars expanded <laughs> universe yeah. that they can tuck in here. So This is the key. This is the key book that combines all of those universes. Right. The TV, the TV movies, the Ewok show yeah. and the Star Wars saga. This is the key that brings it all together. Right, and and it's and uh, that's <laughs> that's the most important thing. I, I mean, he's the one who did it. He bridged it. He bridged it I all. Know. You know, so we're sitting funny. here going, "I wonder where it, where it goes, or who, what character fits in where." And it's like, here it is. I yeah. mean, e- even the, the 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 book, the courtship of Princess Leia, that happens after, you know, Return of the Jedi a few years. There's witches of Dathomir. So yeah. here's technically the their first encounter or our first encounter with a witch. At, well, I guess there's the prequel stuff. Yeah. But like, you know, here's, I guess, again, another encounter with a witch of Dathomir in a different place on a yeah. different planet. So well, it's just he tied everything in so well. I know. And that's the thing with Star Wars publishing. I mean, they are... Mm-hmm. They are so good at maintaining continuity. And, you know, some some of that, which we would have counted before, kind of went out the window with the Disney merger. But, yeah, you know, everything before that and everything after that, I feel like those two separate, like, versions of Star Wars uh, literature really are consistent internally with themselves. Yeah. And, you know, you take things like, um, you know, Alan Dean Foster's Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was written before there was even an Empire Strikes Back, doesn't really gel with what's going on but then subsequent books kind of bring it back in line and i just think that's so cool yeah. and this is something that zach gialongo here has done with Sh- shadows of endor where he's just taken all these like disparate little scraps of star wars and given them sort of a cohesion yeah i think this little i gotta be honest this little comic book that i have hold in my hands i think did a better job <laughs> Than Shadows of the Empire did to wow to bind Empire Strikes Back and return it because that book was just dude it was way out of control. What I don't like. Sh- I like Shadows I of the Empire. I, I I really didn't like it that oh, much. Okay. I really did not. It just didn't do. Didn't cut it for me. I love, I'm a Dash Rendar guy. Okay. I mean, my phone is nicknamed Dash Rendar for crying out loud. That's perfect. Yeah. But like, it didn't. The whole Prince Zizer thing, or however you say his name, that that didn't. That, okay. I lost it on that. I thought okay. that was weak. But yeah, like this was this was great. I yeah. wish it was longer. I wish it was twice as long yeah. to really, you know, kind of set yeah, the tone. I could take more. And I think the art in it is really good. Oh yeah. You know, it's I great. Just, I, I like because it it again, it pulls some aesthetics from all three of the different things. You know, the TV mm-hmm. movies, Return of the Jedi, and the cartoon. 
It's interesting to note that I feel like this was maybe a little bit darker. I mean, a Dulag gets his arm chopped off for heaven's sakes. And like, yeah. there is some blood and some of the fighting is definitely more severe than anything we've seen in the cartoon. Uh, though definitely death happens in uh, in the TV movies. But I thought it was kind of a darker tone, but you kind of needed that to bring it in line. I think so. I, I think the, the scene too with uh, Logre, Paplu, and Cheryl was pretty dark. It was. That was pretty like, yeah. ooh, she's like... She was like, it was a moment where she was like possessed by the sun, st- by the power of the sun star. That's pretty dark. Yeah. You know, like she's straight up possessed yeah. and is like, Whoa! and then tries to take it from them. So, yeah, you know, they go to it for, for advice and then all of a sudden it just backfires. It's yeah, right. Exactly. And that, which is, which is, again, that's kind of a fantasy trope as well. And that's kind of cool to, to yeah. have that aspect in there, like looking for help when you know when the empire essentially what stirs everything up is the empire showing up and setting up their base on endor as we see in return of the jedi and because of that you have dulox working with ewoks and you have ewoks going to night sisters and it just throws off the whole balance of this little forest moon you know yeah and i i just i think that's a cool lens in i think it somehow manages to be true to all the different versions of ewoks and i think that's super cool yeah this was great. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed this. I, I agree. It, now, you said you read it once before. That was probably before we started doing any Ewoki stuff. Yeah, because that's how I discovered. I was like one day going through my kids' books, and I was yeah. like, oh, wait a minute. And I remember we have this. Yeah. And I had read it a while back, and <laughs> the only thing that really stuck with me, which was funny, was the the last, basically last page, where that eight months later. Yeah, the epilogue. Is, yep. The epilogue is Wicket poking princess leia which is perfect and it's a perfect which ending. is perfect it's yeah. like the yeah leads right up to i mean shoot the han solo trilogy does that yeah. where he's like talking to, he's so, talking to somebody and he's like yeah i'll be right back i gotta go talk to this old man and his boy you right. know that's old right. man and, boy, and you're like wait a minute that's that's obi-wan and luke you yep. know and so it's like yep. there's that i love it when they do that they kind of just float right into um, the the you know the, it, that's how it connects yeah you know just float r- floats right into it but yeah like that that's the only thing that stuck with me I completely forgot about the stormtroopers and I thought <laughs> skull ones I was immediately picturing like some character from the Ewoks show in my mind and when it was the stormtroopers I was like oh you idiot but um, I, what I found difficult about this was that Giolongo he illustrates the Ewoks like the, like Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And I already have a difficult enough time remembering who's related to who, yeah. who's what in the Ewoks show. And then all of a sudden the first frame is Paplu or it's Tebow. Yeah. But Tebow in the show is orange with like a yellow. Yeah. With like a yellow hood. But here he's that black and gray stripe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. With that, that was... like hog head. And so like, yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, that's that guy. We've seen that guy in yeah. the show. Yeah. I know. Or in, it in, does... in Return of the Jedi. It is kind of tough oh. to follow because some of, some of the changes. But even in the show, they're not really consistent with their looks. I mean, sometimes things change. and you're They're like, not. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Boy, <laughs> uh, how many yub nubs do you think you give this? I, I, I'd give this like a 4.5. Yeah. I, I'm up on there with that, that high scale again. I can't give it a 5. Can't give it a 5. Understood. It was long, if it was longer, I probably would have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you. I don't really have any complaints about it. I think it does. Mm-hmm. I think it does a nice job. Uh, boy, uh, Ichiwawa moment. What's your Ichiwawa moment? So at the very end, when Chief Chirpa 
is like, you know, he acknowledges, oh, you know, even though we don't have the Sun Star anymore, we have each other, and we're just going to have to trust that the Golden One will answer our prayers. Ah. And it, I slipped right by it the first time because I thought, oh, it's the Sun Star's golden colored. Yeah, whatever that's what I thought too. About. But when I wrote it down, I thought, golden one and golden rod yeah popped in my head which is what han called c-3po yeah. which is why when they when c-3o pops his head up they're all like <gasps> the golden one yeah the, he's the golden one i totally missed that and i was just like yo that is such a minor he didn't need to do that yeah he didn't need to but just penned that right in, oh if the golden one will answer our prayers and i thought brilliant that was br- that was my like that is yes good. That's really good. This gave it. This went from four to four point five. Yeah, because of that tie in line right there. That's a that's a nice touch for sure. Yeah. What about you? You know, I I feel like the whole sequence with with Cheryl was probably what stood. I was tempted to say the gliders because we did have Ewoks on gliders again. But yep. I think this section with Cheryl was just it was just one more step. It was one more connection you know mm-hmm. tying it back to battle for endor and i think it was just a good scene like you said earlier it was a little oh, dark yeah. it was intense uh so that it that's the good. one that that's the one that stood out for me did you have an okavark moment i think it was letting the you know so it was letting the the Duloc go to find out oh yeah where you know i thought i mean surely they know where the Duloc camp is and then who was standing there it was like wicket and somebody else was standing there when i heard that ex- oh chuka truck yeah, we totally forgot about him. Yeah, he's in this too. So there's, you know, Cheryl and Chukatrak are our caravan of courage and battle for Endor connections, yep. right? So I, 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 I can't do it if if Giolongo's listening. I just whew, he just breathed a sigh of relief that I remember Chukatrak. Yes, but yeah, so he's in it, and he's and he there were there right there when the explosion happened. So it's like surely it was brought up somehow in interrogating the Duloc in front of Chief Chirpa. Yeah, that this is where it happened this is when it happened this is what happened mm-hmm. and they would have known all that yeah right so I, I thought that was like my ugh, you know here's the justification again of the kids releasing this guy and having him lead them to the enemy and, and i thought what what are they going to find out that the parents aren't going to find out but yeah. you know then we get into the the action of they're the ones who aggro the griog out of the ground yeah, you know yeah. and so, so they do become influential and there's the stormtroopers there the Dulocs are all there um the ewoks are there and even chief chirpa shows up kind of right at the end so that's like the culmination uh, of it so so even though yeah it's it's like here we are again with the whole kids doing their rogue thing yeah it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it all came around you know in the end yeah. Which usually happens in the episodes. So that's kind of true to the episodes, yeah. too, that all these pieces, you know, if everyone's separate, they all come back around in the end and, and put together whatever needs to be done. So, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. That was my oak of arc. I just thought, oh, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess it's true to form. You know, story wise, I don't think I really have anything that I would ding it for. The only thing mm-hmm. I would say art wise, and I guess I guess we'll count this as my oak of arc, is that um what you were saying about the design changes, I understand trying to streamline it with mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi, but it was just a little confusing. And yeah. I think, but I think to be fair, 90% of the people coming to this graphic novel are not going to be familiar with yes. the designs from the cartoon. So it's probably the right call, but I feel like maybe there was a way to meld those two, you know, like right. 
have him start that way and you know Tebow starts that way and maybe he takes off the the very They started with Tebow which is probably why he did that because yeah. for I was immediately immediately confused on that first too. frame. I was too. So yeah, but I mean that great to start out that, that way rather yeah. than kind of just have him come in and wait like wait a minute that's not Tebow. <laughs> yeah. You know. So then oh yeah, I, I it forced me to look it up. Yeah. Which was which was good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I think my Okavark moment is that he, he didn't Giolongo didn't incorporate the Death Star being in the sky at all. Huh. Right? That that would be like all they would have had to do was I wonder if these people these these intruders that loom, you know, have anything to do with that new moon in the yeah. sky. Mm. And, and, and just an, again another line yeah. to just kind of add in there to tie it all together them wondering why all of a sudden do we have two moons. Yep. So I, yeah. I thought that I think I, I, that that thought crossed my mind. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I think that's really what my Oak of Arc moment okay. is. Okay, like, oh, he missed he missed out on doing that, and I think that I think that would have been special. Well, it's kind of like what you what the point you made with the uh, the C three PO line. It was just one line, and it yes. kind of clued you in. So you could have had a little something like that. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Overall, I think this was a really fun graphic novel. I think. Yes. I think the people who will benefit the most from it are the people who follow the Ewoks in other mediums. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, for anybody who hasn't, it might make you curious about those other mediums so you can go look at them, uh, maybe be disappointed. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. But uh, no, I just, I think this was a lot of fun and uh, I'm glad we read it and I feel like it's uh it's just again just a really good way to to tie up a lot of loose ends from like the greater star wars universe that's out there oh yeah it it was it was really fun to read and i haven't read a graphic novel in a long time Mm -hmm. and this one made me want more not just graphic novels in general but i was like i want more of this story and in this style and this writer like it is it's really the the art really does a lot for it it's great yeah it's very good. Yep. Very, very good. No no moral lesson in this one. No, right? not really. No. Yeah. This one was just straight up action and, yep. you know, I guess maybe don't trust the, the witch. They made that mistake. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that witch was never to be trusted. That's true. Never was on anyone's side. That's really. very true. That's very true. So what's uh, what's up next for us, Nick? That's right. Well, next we're going to be covering Ewoks Season 2. We're starting with Season 2, Episode 1A, The Crystal Cloak. And mm. uh, if you'd like to hear an extended version of our conversation today, Steve joined me over on How's Things, uh, and we talked a lot more about just the things we've been reading and, and uh, new sci-fi books coming out and all that. So you can find that at How's Things wherever you get your podcast. Steve, thanks for doing both podcasts with me this time. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'll see you next time with season two. Yep. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. This Enduring Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts.